0: Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim Alhamdulillahir Rabbil Alameen, Wassalatu Wassalamu ala Ashrafil Anbiya'i Wal Mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Alihi wa Ashabihi ajma'in Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Welcome to this week's edition of the program, Al-Fiqa Al-Madahibi Al-Arba'a, that is Jurisprudence According to the Four Schools of Thought, and with me in the Johannesburg Studios is Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussain. Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullah Muftisab. Wa Alaikum Assalam wa rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Gee, Mufti sahab, we have been discussing nikah for the past few weeks. We're still going to carry on on the subject of nikah. But this week we discuss an issue called Musahara. Mufti sahab, can you explain to us what is the meaning of Musahara? Bismillahir rahmanir rahim
1: Nahmaduhu wa nuswali ala rasulihil kareem. Amma ba All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of this universe. Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa Regarding musahara an easy definition of it would be that when a person gets married then that person's father-in-law, mother-in-law they constitute the musahara meaning that we have our own biological father, mother so they are known as the nasab they are our blood family and they are our parents so we come to know the nasab the lineage but when a person gets married now the father-in-law the mother-in-law or if you look at it from their perspective then the son-in-law daughter-in-law so all that would be considered to fall under the umbrella of Musahara.
0: Jazakallah <inaudible> 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 Mutisab. can you explain to us where about is Musahara mentioned in the Quran? Almighty
1: Allah Azza wa Jalla in Surah Furqan, that is the criterion, that is chapter number 25, in verse number 54. So chapter 25, verse 54, Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions it beautifully. وَوَّا That He Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla is that being, meaning the Supreme Being who has created this human being from water. Water means the liquid, the semen, the sperm. So it means that Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla, He is the creator, and the semen and sperm is just the outward and superficial means. Fajallahu نَسَبًا Now each one of us was created, and we came into this world, so we have parents, so we know who our mother is, we know who our, our father is. So for the Nasaba, this is a gift of Almighty Allah. After making us the masterpiece of Almighty Allah's creation, then he blessed us with parents as well. We're speaking of a normal situation where the children are legitimate. So for Nasaba that Almighty Allah has made for that person the lineage, so he or she has parents. Was sihra. And Sihra is Musahara, that now when that person after leading a life of a bachelor, now he or she gets married, and then they have the in-laws. So it shows that Almighty Allah took us from stage to stage, we were non-entities, all Almighty Allah brought us here into this world, we became Bashar, we became human beings, and thereafter we got married, and now we have a wife and a spouse, and then the in-laws as well kana رَبُّكَ قَدِيرًا and your Almighty Allah has power over everything so that is what Allah is telling us here so this is the family structure which Islam has introduced and sanctioned first the human then the husband then the wife and then we have the
0: in-laws and they all live as one unit and one family Jazakallah Muftisab Muftisab after marriage who becomes haram upon the daughter-in-law or son-in-law when a person enters nikah
1: and matrimony, then there are certain people who become haram upon him. When we use the term haram ye, it means that you cannot marry them anytime in the future. Let's take few examples. I am married, so now my mother-in-law, so my wife's mother, she becomes perpetually haram upon me, al-hurmat al-mu'abbada, so forever she is haram upon me. So what happens, Quran has mentioned a list of people who are haram, wa umma nisaikum, and the mothers of your wives, of your wives, so it means your spouses, so what we would call the mother-in-law. So when we look at the son-in-law, after he gets married, so then the mother-in-law becomes haram upon him. And when we turn it around then you look at the daughter in law. So after she is married to that son, so then the father in law he becomes haram upon her and she in turn becomes haram upon him. So it shows that all this would work both ways Wahala says Halail the plural of Halila and Abanaikum and the wives of your sons. wa. Quran used the word that your own biological sons so it means all is exempting the adopted sons so the adopted son's wife she will be halal for you because she's a stranger to you and therefore Nabi A.S. married Hazrat Zainab after Zaid and divorced her to show that the adopted son is not the real son Or Quran mentioned min aslabikum, to exempt and exclude the adopted son and the foster son. So a woman breastfed the boy and after she breastfed him, that boy got married. So now this foster father can still marry that girl there because he is not related to that foster son's wife in any way, so that is why Quran made the condition of Aslabikum be that as it may, the answer would be that when a person gets married, then for the son-in-law the mother-in-law becomes haram and for the daughter-in-law the father-in-law becomes haram
0: and this haram is of a perpetual nature for always now we move on Is it permissible for a father-in-law to shake hands with his daughter-in-law? In today's society when we see many a
1: time it is our own customs, our own cultures and that are being practiced upon. So when there is a happy occasion Or, for example, the person came back from Umrah or from Hajj or from overseas. So the norm today is that many places we find the father-in-law shaking hand with the daughter-in-law or the son-in-law shaking hand with the mother-in-law. So if you give one example, it works the other way as well. So if I say son-in-law, then it works with mother-in-law. So to turn the example around, daughter-in-law with father-in-law. So we should always remember that. Now, in a case like that, what would we say? We would say that there are explanations here. And the explanations are are very, very great and important and very significant. Number one is that a daughter-in-law shakes hand with a father-in-law. So Islam is allowed. It is no problem with that. However, the other dimension and aspect of it would be... But... When the father-in-law gets aroused he feels lust he feels passion oh we're passionate oh when the daughter-in-law wants to shake hands then she is also feeling that, you know, that this is not like a father shaking hand with his own daughter, but rather it seems to be lust and passion involved. Then, obviously, it is very, very serious, as we'll realize just now. So what we need to do is that if the father-in-law greets his daughter-in-law, sometimes in some cultures they even embrace one another because the father-in-law takes the daughter-in-law to be his own daughter. So if it is done without any lust, without any desire and passion, then it's fine, there is no problem. But we must remember the hadith of Nabi al-salam Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam said Inna Shaytan yajri minal insani majraddam That this insan, every one of us we normal human beings, ordinary mortals that the shaitan he travels in the veins of this human being like how the blood flows. So it means there's no person who can say no, 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 I'm very pious and the shaitan cannot cause me any harm. Remember we say he is old but is not cold here's old Maraznikote, coat you know we say in Afrikaans so similarly we should not think no my father-in-law is old and nothing can happen so when my advice would be yes you father-in-laws you can greet your daughter-in-laws or you mother-in-laws can greet your son-in-law but just keep it to shake hand it's fine and if you embrace then you must ensure that you know it is not now the bosom of the lady and the breast going right against the body of that son-in-law. Now all this can lead to a lot of trauma and there can be dire consequences as we will understand just now. So we would say in principle it is permissible provided there is no lust and passion.
0: Jazakallah what happens in a case if a male touches a strange female with lust, etc.?
1: From here we need to understand certain issues. Where it is halal now in a married situation that Zaid is the husband, he got married to Fatima, she's the wife, so Zaid becomes haram on Fatima's mother and the mother-in-law, and Fatima's father becomes haram on now the daughter, the daughter-in-law. It is a daughter-in-law, for example. So it means it works both ways. So the mother-in-law becomes haram on the son-in-law. And the father and the father-in-law becomes daughter becomes haram on the daughter-in-law. So the point I wish to make is, as far as a nikah is concerned, all the jurors agree. However, in a case where there is fornication or adultery. Or, if it is not fornication, adultery, it is just fondling and smooching and whatever. Obviously, Islam does not allow this. Islam says, Wala taqrabu zina. Do not even go near it. Therefore, Islam does not allow physical contact with the opposite gender. For this very purpose, because Islam wants to promote and advocate a pure and chaste society. But we know in today's society that they have boyfriend, girlfriend or a person touched a girl but last day alone in the left or some place and now he took advantage of the situation. So once that person... No, we're not speaking of husband-wife now. We're speaking about strangers. Now once a person touches a female... Or the other way around, the female touches the male. So it could be both ways, because today's world, you know, the girls also sometimes are very forward. So what happens is that they touch the male, and with lust and uh, passion, so they just go to him and they kissed him. So in uh, the schools, according to the schools, now the Hanafi school is the most strict on this. The Hanafi say that once a strange male touches a strange female, or vice versa, the strange female touched the male, then that female's mother and that female's daughter is haram for that male there. He cannot marry her. This is Hurmat Musahara. Why? Because once he has touched her skin to skin, and they felt the warmth of it, and maybe there was uh, lust and passion, not maybe it's definite, there was lust and passion. So in cases like that, what will we say? Especially the Hanafi school, they say that now for this male year, the lady who he touched, he cannot marry her mother or her daughter. There's only the Hanafi school. The other schools, Imam Shafi, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Rahimahullah State, that know it is permissible and uh, the law of Musahara would not be applicable in a case excluding nikah, where nikah is not performed, then these laws would not come into effect according to the vast majority of school, uh,
0: scholars. JazakAllah Mufti can a daughter-in-law be alone with her father-in-law on a journey or maybe even at home? Yes, this is
1: also a very important question. Now many a time the way we live, we find that sometimes the father-in-law is alone and with the daughter-in-law. So whether they are in the comfort of their home or whether they are traveling together but they are alone, so the husband is not there, the son is not there. So what happens in a case like that? So we would say in principle it is permissible where you have the son-in-law with the mother-in-law alone or you have the father-in-law with the daughter-in-law. So in principle we say it is permissible. But we cannot be aloof and close our eyes and adopt the ostrich mentality and we turn ourselves away from our current Uh, scenario and our current uh, environment and or the incidents that are coming to our, in our presence, we can bring about so many examples that certain things have happened. So we need to mention the other side as well. Where Allah forbid the father-in-law's intentions are evil intentions, he was and is waiting for the opportunity to exploit the situation so he can take advantage of the daughter-in-law because she's alone. In a case like that, remember, then it's not permissible for them to be alone or for them to be traveling together. Likewise, where the son-in-law and mother-in-law Normally it's like a son mother relationship, but you get today son in laws. Now he wants to try his luck, Allah forbid, with even the mother in law, or maybe the mother in law is a lady with loose morals, Allah forbid, and she is now trying to seduce the son in law. So in cases like that, then definitely they cannot be living alone, even for a short while. You say, no, it's in only just a few hours. You know the daughter is gone or the son is gone, or they cannot be traveling together. So again, we would say in principle it is permissible. But if there are evil intentions or there is possibility of vices occurring, then
0: definitely it is unacceptable. Jazakallah <inaudible> Mufti If you just join us, the program is called al Al-Madhahib <inaudible> Al-Arba'ah that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought and today we're discussing an issue called Musahara. Mufti we're moving over to the next question. If the wife accuses the father-in-law of touching or fondling her, what happens in this case?
1: Yes, this is not something that we are just discussing. We know it is happening in our society and we cannot adopt that ostrich mentality and just push everything under the carpet and say our society is immune from all these scenarios. We know it is happening and this is the purpose of this program and the whole CIA and Channel Islam to educate and propagate and teach the ummah. So first thing from the outset, we must realize that this verdict I'm to pass is only according to the Hanafi school. Imam Shafi'i, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad bin Ahambal, Rahimahullah state that whenever it is due to a haram action, then there would not be an impact on the nikah. The nikah of all parties would be valid. So if you take the same case, where the father-in-law touched the daughter-in-law, fondled her, caressed her, obviously this was not done as a father that was his daughter, but it was done with lust and passion and desire So in cases like this According to majority of the scholars The father-in-law's nikah is also valid The daughter-in-law's nikah is also valid But we need to separate them in this sense They must not be allowed to stay in the same house They must not be allowed to be alone together Because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said The Hadith in Tirmidhi La yakhluwanna rajulun bimraatin Illa wa thalithu ma shaitan Never does a strange male and a strange female be together, but the third party is the shaitan, yet they are not strangers they are haram for one another, but yet this person is exploiting the situation, so we say the shaitan is getting hold of him, so therefore they can no more remain under that roof they need to separate, that son and his wife need to stay somewhere else and this father-in-law and his wife need to stay somewhere else so one party has to move out, whether it be the father and mother, or whether it be that uh, son and his wife there, but to continue like that obviously would not be acceptable that would be from a majority point of view and obviously the father-in-law must be punished as well in the islamic state for his advances and his evil intentions then trying to exploit the situation so it is not that he goes away scot-free and with impunity however according to the hanafi scholars this becomes very very serious and the hanafi scholars say now take the case, case from step to by step step by step and stage to a stage the Hanafi scholars say that a claim was made. What was the claim? The daughter-in-law said that father-in-law came and he fondled her or touched her breast with lust or he kissed her or whatever. So in cases like that, she did a charge made, a complaint laid against the father-in-law. Now what happens in that case there? She speaks to her husband and her husband accepts it. The husband confirms it. He says, yes, it is possible that my father did this because he knows the nature of his father, that his father just loves porn, or he just, you know, always he wants to take advantage of women. So now one is the claim. Second, the confirmation by the husband. Now that marriage is broken forever. Now this husband and wife cannot reconcile at all, even if she remarries to someone else. They are finished, they cannot go reconcile. And now the husband divorces her, now they have to... So the nikah, they are haram for one another. Hurmat and Musahara has taken place, and now they have to separate, and the separation will come into effect by the husband issuing the divorce, because now they cannot love as husband and wife, and this is the verdict according to the Hanafi scholars. Now see, one person's action, and it broke the home. Now one, some people do object They say, what about the father-in-law's nikah? So the father-in-law's nikah, his nikah is valid. They say, it's very strange that the father-in-law committed the crime, but his nikah is valid. The lady is innocent in the sense that she did not tell him to do so. She was not a willing partner or a party, and her marriage is broken. So in answer to that the Hanafi say that there are verdicts of Nabi Alayhi Sallam and Sahaba's that you have to separate them so therefore they say that argument would not hold any weight because it is now in against the nas and text that is mentioned so that would be the answer to that argument there but anyway the, uh, all said and done Islam wants that these type of actions you must have a deterrent and therefore I'm giving a logical explanation therefore the Hanafi's viewpoint and verdict is that the nikah would break and therefore I always say it's very good for father-in-law, mother-in-law to live in the same home with the son and the daughter-in-law but if they fear of all this then
0: remember it's a hundred times, thousand times better that every party lives separate. Jazakallah Muftisab for that explanation. Muftisab, you mentioned Hurmat musahara. What are the conditions for Hurmat Musahra?
1: Yes, for hurmat musahara, there are certain conditions. Condition number one must be that the party who is touching—we're speaking all according to the Hanafi school now—because according to the majority of the scholars, this will not happen. It only happens in a legal marriage, a marriage which is valid in Islam. Then we will say the father-in-law is haram on the daughter-in-law, the mother-in-law is haram on the son-in-law. So that all the scholars accept. But where in a haram? where the male is not supposed to touch the female and it happens then the Hanafi says it's extended to that as well but there are conditions so the first one would be that it is for example that that lady let's just take the lady she must be baligha she must be mature or murahika, murahika means that on the verge of being balik so she is eight nine ten eleven years old so then this will happen if a person touches allah forbid allah forbid in today's world it happens a person touches as a girl who is two three four five years old and in a case even with lust obviously it's haram but then this law would not come to effect that now let's say a person touch his own daughter allah forbid he touch his own daughter with lust and passion and we have all these cases today we know about pedophiles and you know so islam has mentioned so in a case like that we would say that hurmat musahara would not take place his marriage will be valid So you don't, because that girl is underage. So I'm just giving an example. Obviously, it's absolutely haram to do a thing like that. So, but today's world, because people see things on TV, people read about this, and human mind today is such, whatever they hear or they read or they listen, they want to experiment and try also. Because we've got some people who are really sick in their mind. So, I'm mentioning these maslas here as, uh, as a learning experience for all of us so that we abstain and understand the serious consequences. So, that would be one condition. Second condition would be that where the touching takes place, either it is skin to skin or either the material is so thin that the warmth of the touching could be felt by the opposite party. So if that party had such thick clothes on, for example, the father-in-law came to the daughter-in-law and it is mud winter, she got the jersey on, she got the big jas and overcoat on and she has all that and now he touches her, even with last, it would not have any impact because they would, that would, it was not something where the warmth would go through. So that would be another condition that either it's skin to skin or such a thin material where she, the, the warmth could be felt of that person who's touching. And third one would be, as I mentioned now, especially where the lady is married, then there must be confirmation from the husband as well. If the husband does not confirm it, the wife made a claim that her father-in-law touched her with lust, passion, fondled her, tried to kiss her, whatever... but the husband of that lady does not accept it, so then in that case, even according to Hanafis, they say the hurmat and musahara, then the nikah will be valid, and there would no need for them to live separate life. But obviously he must understand, if he's just trying to cover the tracks of his father, or the actions of his father, then he and his wife will be living in sin, and if there's a child, then it will be illegitimate according to the Hanafi school. So serious consequences
0: and implications. Jazakallah Muftisab for that explanation. Lastly, after divorce, is there hijab between the ex-mother-in-law and son-in-law?
1: Yes, Hafshab, that's a very good question because today we know that divorce is rife and rampant in our society and again we have to be, you know... Candid about this And we cannot uh, paint or portray a picture That everything is fine in this Ummah In all parts of the world In America, in Europe, in Africa, Asia So anywhere you go So we will find this now let us go to qur'an qur'an mentioned a list in the last page of the fourth jews alaykum, hatukum, wa wa we mentioned that in one of the programs that your mother is haram upon you your daughter and so forth and so on one of them almighty allah mentions wa nisa'ikum, and the mothers of your wives now let's take an example two scenarios we can take one or three if you can break it up even further Number one is the person is living happily with his wife. So that mother-in-law of his and him, the son-in-law, there's no hijab. Or father-in-law and daughter-in-law, there's no hijab. So when I say there's no hijab, meaning they can't shake hands, so all that they could do, it is permissible. So But they can never marry because they haram upon one another. Second one would be that now that wife died. So when the wife died, you have the son-in-law, you have the mother-in-law. So what happens in a case like that? So we'll say still there's no hijab, because that mother-in-law is perpetually haram upon the son-in-law. So even after the death of that wife, so he, that son-in-law, can go to his mother-in-law, shake her hand, still have the same amount of respect and reverence for her as he had whilst his wife was alive. So that would be the second scenario. The third scenario would be, but this is what the actual question is: where that husband there divorced his wife. Now the wife is gone in iddah, and now maybe she remarried after the iddah. So he and his wife are now strangers because the divorce is finished and effective and valid. But what about the relationship between him, the ex son in law, with his former mother in law and ex mother in law? So they are still haram upon one another and there will be no hijab between them because she is perpetually haram upon him. So if he wants to meet her, for example, you know, discuss something about the children or grandchildren or whatever, so in cases like that we would say that for him to go to his former and ex-mother-in-law would be totally permissible, but as a precaution obviously, if she's young, you know sometimes the mother-in-laws, they are very young nowadays, and the way when they dress up, then you can't make out who's the daughter and who's the mother-in-law. So in a case like that, that obviously to be better for her and for her oh, own dignity, there is another male there but we're discussing from a fatwa point of view, even after divorce then for the former son-in-law with his ex-mother-in-law there will be no law of hijab so that is because they are haram upon one another
0: forever Jazakallah Mufti for that explanation. And Jazakallah to you the listener for tuning into the program al al-Madhaib madahib al that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant one and all the tawfiq, hidayah and understanding of what has been said and also pass it on to others Inshallah, amin. For myself Muhammad Musa Bera, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. it's fi amanillah. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.